0: Welcome to the midweek Mission Ridge podcast known as Footnotes. Footnotes is here to give you some of the stuff that we didn't have time to cover in the sermon and encourage you to dig in deeper as you study the text. So let's dive in and check out what's in the footnotes. Welcome to another episode of Footnotes. Glad to have you with us. This week on the podcast, we got Rob Croyle. Hello. We got Jacob Croyle. Hey there. And we got myself, Logan Daly. Uh We are going to dive right in here. I don't know if we have any specific shortcomings this week other than the odd happening that we were preaching on Roughly Right, and there was plenty of things that went roughly right during the service (laughs) or before the service. We had tech issues abounding. Um, We forgot what we were announcing. That was was on me. Um there was just there was the lighting was Rob you were standing in the dark most of the time. Was I? Yeah, he, two steps back would have been perfect. Oh, I um,
1: even I even moved things back. I thought I
0: Yeah, like I mean, one more one more two more steps back would have been even better, but you uh, know, it was just it was it was roughly right.
1: <laughs> we need to put an X on the stage. We were Cause, just uh Cuz Laurie <laughs> would've been in the dark too then. She was oh, yeah. she would have been more in the dark.
2: For sure. Yeah. For sure. I should have. Usually it's just Joe that's in the light. Joe and. uh,
0: Joe and Dave? Joe and Dave are the only ones in the light, usually. Well, I mean, (laughs) the drummer and the bassist should be in the light. That's. We like to keep a good eye on them.
2: Every church loves Uh, their their bassist and their drummer. Something about a good eye. I
1: even had a coughing attack. You did?
2: Yeah, you wouldn't. If you listened to the
0: recording, you wouldn't get that because. Yours truly managed to cut all of the coughing out.
1: I made sure um, there was a long pause afterwards. So that could, was nice. That <laughs> was really that nice.
0: Out. There was only one. It was a little awkward because you went from like uh, uh, this volume down to like this volume, and so if you listen carefully, you can hear that. But other than that, it was fine. Um, but yeah,
1: I felt like the whole sermon was kind of. It was kind of monotone. It was fairly. I was having kind of a rough day. Yeah, you were,
0: you were in a funk. I was in a funk. We were preaching on Roughly Right. It was <laughs> ironic, to say the least.
1: <laughs> I went and listened to it and going. actually, that was better than I thought it was going to be because I, I just <laughs> felt... I felt off yesterday, and that's, you know, reality with preaching that you get to preach whether you are on or off.
0: That's true. It's true. Sunday happens.
1: Sunday comes. And it's not like... It's not really fair to hand your sermon off to someone else who hasn't prepped. Cause- oh,
0: sure, be like, I'm just not feeling it today. Yeah, they <laughs> <laughs> would. Yeah, please don't do that.
1: <laughs> it's not WWF where we just tag out. <laughs> you got this. You grab the chair
0: mid-sermon. Just come down halfway <laughs> through. Be like, all right, I, I'm. I'm. You. You finish this one off, Logan. <laughs> come in bring it home (laughs) taggy from the corner rope
2: i don't know if it's been the wwf for a couple decades but uh oh yeah they they
0: did they did change that because they got in trouble with the world wildlife federation and they fought over that oh that's funny over who got the i never uh, heard the
2: reason why that was why it was because they both them i've only heard uh, about people It it, it will always be
1: WWF to me, Jacob.
2: Five or six years older than me at the minimum. Mm -hmm. Talk about it.
1: (laughs) Have you been to one one of their events live?
2: I've never been to a live, no. Me neither. It's
1: it's not a lot better than on TV. I I don't have a lot
2: of a desire to... That's never been something that really... Footnotes isn't the best place to get into this, but uh, I saw something that gave me an appreciation for it. But let's talk about the Bible. (laughs) 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 <laughs> oh, somebody
0: find Jacob and delve that little nugget right there. Uh, anyway, let's uh, yeah, let's dive into let's talking about roughly right and you framed roughly right using the story of Gideon. Gideon, Gideon. Yes. <laughs> Gideon. That's the that's the Southern Idaho version of Gideon. Giddy up. Anyway, uh, so we we wanted to Hebrews eleven. You started off there at Hebrews eleven, talking about faith in the hall of faith, kind of um and and this is where we framed the beginning of the sermon uh, with eleven thirty two and it lists off these these six characters, right uh, yeah. we got Gideon and Barak, Samson, Jephthah, David and Samuel
2: yeah, and the prophets
0: and the prophets, yeah, and, and the, prophets. the prophets um and so he throws he throws these the author of Hebrews, throws these characters in there. After he's just listed off all of these different people that by faith did a lot of stuff, right?
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And why is that where? Why, why did you cue in on this?
1: Well, if you know your story, if you know your scriptures, Brock com, comes before Gideon and Samuel comes before David. Now, Samuel flipped to the end uh, makes sense because Samuel is a prophet and, 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 the author just kind of summarizes the rest throws all the rest of prophets into the mix and saying sure. these guys were faithful. these were men of faith mm-hmm. and so that makes sense, but getting and Brock being flipped and really why is Brock even listed I mean he's 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 not really the hero of that particular story. it's Deborah who's the hero of the story found in in Judges chapter 4 and 5. And so if Barak is listed, then, then the bar is set pretty low when it comes to faith. And maybe that's part of the story. And these, and these guys, each of these guys, Gideon and Barak and Samson, Jephthah, David, even Samuel, like, they all have kind of a...
0: They all got problems to their story.
1: They're out of... Everybody listed in Hebrews chapter 11, and again, this is 32 uh, verses in, so there are a ton of people that are listed. These are the folks that have the most glaring problems. The Bible is very clear when someone has a shortcoming.
0: I don't know what you're talking about. Samson was perfect.
1: Samson was uh, <laughs> perfect at womenizing. Yeah, there's a <laughs> not.
2: Well, and Samson and Jephthah in particular stand out as like really big problem children. You could make some arguments, Brock did okay. Uh Gideon kinda did his job. David did some good stuff. Samuel did some pretty good stuff too. But yeah, it's definitely when you look at the list as a whole, it starts Those two, weird. In the, Those
0: two the the middle, the problem child. the that's that's a good <laughs> way to those middle children. And so for me, I
1: the and looked the Gideon the Gideon story because Gideon's story is one of those stories that you kind of kind of pay attention to.
0: Sure, we we know it, ish.
1: Ish. You know, we know that the fleece, to fleece or not to fleece, which we'll, we will get into, we know that story is, you know, significant in, in the world of of trying to determine God's will. Mm-hmm. But as I got into Gideon's story, I'm going, oh, this story's more interesting than I thought. And, you know... And to do that with David, like that's that's a ton of scripture. Like that's that's a lot to parse out. I didn't feel like I had time to do that. I had a, barely had enough time. We all thank you for that. Yeah, you're welcome. Merry Christmas! It's an early Christmas present. How many shopping days do we if have left? If not,
0: we would have been using all those shopping days just to listen to the story of David. <laughs> you can get some. Yeah,
1: so Gideon's places. story is is an interesting story. Uh, I found it compelling. I found it compelling for. Just kind of where we're at, where he doesn't start off as a hero. God calls him a hero to start with, but he doesn't start out as the hero. He doesn't start out as the archetype. Well, actually, in the genre of hero stories, it actually starts out the way most of them start out, or where they where they don't believe it, they don't trust. he a
0: big some big flaw at the beginning, the yeah. tragic. Yeah, the, uh, the hero that has to go on the journey doesn't have it figured out at the beginning. Sure. Yeah yeah I could see that.
1: I feel like this uh, this 1132 really feeds 121 through3 where the writer says to strip off every encumbrance and in any sin that gets in the way they, this 11:32 kind of calls back to uh, Israel's history of the judges where they would obey God because the right person was at the forefront. And when that person left, they would quickly uh, turn back to sin. They would quickly turn back to looking like the world around them instead of looking different, looking like a kingdom of priests. And so then God would send calamity on the land, and then a new judge would would come to the forefront. Again, all these judges Mm -hmm. had some kind of failing, and yet in 12.1, 12.2, we're we're told to look at Jesus. Hmm. Look at Jesus. And so whether it's Gideon or Barak or Samson, Jephthah, David, Samuel, none of those guys totally fit the bill that was necessary. But now we have Jesus, and now we don't have an excuse for turn them back to, you know, we have this intimate connection with the Lord um, throughout the book of Judges, through 1 Samuel, you know, throughout Israel's history, there was always this relationship that was vicarious, it was always through someone else, Mm -hmm. and if that person was acting in a godly way, when David was acting in a godly way, uh, the The nation was blessed. But when David wasn't acting in that godly way, the nation felt it. But we have Jesus. And so there's no excuse. We just just need to strip off anything that hinders us, whether that's the fear that Gideon dealt with when he started or the sin that entangles us, whatever it is. we need to strip that off. Huh.
0: Nice. So do we want to, do we want to pull apart any of these, any of these other characters in here and point out? Cause like, I know for me, like I was not very familiar with Barack before we started talking about this. So why is it, maybe why is it weird that we'd see Barack or Jephthah?
1: So Barack, um, He's a leader of the army. Okay. Deborah is actually the judge. Mm-hmm. And she's judging the land. She's she's speaking wisdom. People are coming to her. And she tells Barack to go deliver the land. And he says, I'll go if you go.
0: Seems reasonable.
1: Yeah. And, and instead of hearing... The, uh, hearing and and owning just kind of the vision that God has placed before him, Mm. which Gideon does slowly, and maybe that's why these two are... Paired together. Are paired together. Uh, because obviously the Hebrew writer could have picked anybody to finish out. Like, there's more judges to pick from. Sure. Um.
0: Why that one?
1: Yeah, yeah. So, so that's that's his story. He wherever Deborah goes with him, he's he's prosperous.
0: And if she doesn't go, he doesn't go. He's just a wuss. Just a big pansy.
1: Just a big yeah. Big sissy. Big sissy like I would be. You big know? sissy pants. Yeah.
0: Not a mighty man of valor.
1: <laughs> nah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Uh all right. So Jacob, tell me about Jephthah.
2: So Jephthah, Jephthah is an interesting story. Um he uh he's he was a, a bastard. Um Mumzer. Mumser. Mumser. <laughs> an illegitimate child. Illegitimate child. So he didn't have any inheritance from his house.
1: Jacob's not just calling him a bad name. <laughs> <laughs> Did you know him personally? Let's. <laughs> <I did.
2: laughs> wow. Oh <my> <laughs> no, and that's He'll actually the interesting out. thing about Mumser. In some ways, it doesn't have the same con- like same context as uh, Bastard does. Um,
1: okay. Well, we don't. Are you saying we don't feel? It, it's we not don't as, feel the.
2: It's not an in- like you wouldn't call someone as an insult. Um, that's what I mean. But anyways, back to uh, Jepta. um Okay.
1: Maybe they would. Maybe that I find like swear words in other languages don't have the same feel sure. or meaning to me. Sure. It does to them.
2: Sure. Yeah. And so, so I wonder are,
1: if Mumser actually has a kind of a a different connotation. That's that's beside the point.
2: Yeah, it's like like you wouldn't call someone an outcast as an insult. Like like you outcast. They they would be like, Okay, that's a, <laughs> one thing to call me, I guess. It, it wouldn't be a anyway. Uh so so Jephthah um Ran away from home and became a raider. (laughs) A raider, yeah. Um, Darn Oakland. Yeah. (laughs) Nobody likes those guys. Eventually,
1: sent him to Las Vegas.
2: And eventually, I guess he got (laughs) really good at his job, and the people of Israel decided that they want him to be their leader. (laughs) So there was there's some interesting stuff there where he's like, "You guys kicked me out, like."
0: But so they they gave him the boot he becomes a he becomes a marauder a raider bandit mm-hmm. a scallywag Something like that <laughs> bonus points for getting to use
2: scallywag in a footnote. so he's definitely got an interesting well i was just thinking origin like, as a judge okay for sure
1: this is um, kind of a, one of the pirates of caribbean like one of their
0: themes for one of their movies isn't it sure it does sound like that guy knows. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's the will turner <laughs> he was there he got outcast.
2: Turned into a scallywag,
0: then they wanted him back as a leader.
2: <laughs> um, so, so he's definitely got an interesting story. And eventually he uh hmm. he uh he made a vow to the Lord, uh, because he wanted victory um over a battle. And he said, uh, if you'll indeed deliver the people of Ammon into my hands, then it will be that whatever comes out of the doors of my house to meet me. I return in peace from the people of Ammon shall surely be the Lord's, and I'll offer it up as a burnt offering. Um. Mm. And then, and then he won. Um. Okay. <laughs> so now, now since he won, whatever walks through his door, he's
0: got to offer it up as a burnt offering. Yeah. Um.
1: I think he had a dog that he really hated <laughs> that always came running out the door. And Dude, it like, was a
2: goat for sure.
0: I
1: hate that goat. Well, a
2: goat, for sure. And this sounds weird from our context, because, like, you know, you come home, you don't expect an animal to come out the door. You don't want to expect something... Like, even if it's a dog, I don't, I'm pretty sure you weren't really supposed to sacrifice dogs. Like, that's not a... Yeah, that was a bad joke. That's not a great offering. <laughs> I, I don't know. Well, no, and it's fine, because, it, like, that's playing how it's weird from our context. For theirs, like... Well you weren't supposed to sacrifice people either, but wasn't the first thing that walked through his door his daughter? That's what ended up happening. His daughter comes through the door. Um <laughs> uh, you done goofed, Jephthah. And she was his only child too. <laughs> you done double goofed there, um, Jephthah. So
1: And then the goat comes out. <laughs> and then then the, the goat, goat
2: comes, comes out. through. <laughs> well, uh um why didn't you use a scapegoat? You tend to escape goat uh from my understanding you would live kind of with your animals like be kind of sure. like if the barn was part of the house just an extension of the house yeah um and i've heard this talked about uh with Jesus' birth um where uh you know in the stables that's probably someone's house uh it was still a weird thing to put jesus there but um
1: they built everything out of rocks. You don't want to build a lot of houses. Yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah, and you you probably didn't have a ton of property anyways, but we're going to um, we're going to utilize
0: the outside wall of the house to make the inside wall of the manger.
2: Well, and and yeah, and so it it's not that weird of a thing to say like okay. maybe he was just like, you know, God, I don't know what you want me to sacrifice, so I'll just say whatever comes out. <laughs> sure. Um
0: not expecting it to be his daughter.
2: Yeah, he didn't expect okay. it to be his daughter. Um Did he
0: end up sacrificing her?
2: Um there's a debate over that.
0: Didn't he or did he offer her up into service to the Lord instead? I I
2: don't remember at all. So, well, the midrash is split. Okay. Whether he did or not. Love um, a split decision. Yeah, and it actually doesn't say, it does talk about people mourning. so so, and I think that's part of why there's some, like, uh, debate, because it doesn't say, and then he offered her up as a burnt offering. He fulfilled his vow, which there's some interpretation there, because God definitely doesn't want a human burnt offering. <laughs>
0: yeah, that, he usually gets kind of mad at those.
2: Yeah, that's not, not usually a good thing. Um, hmm. Definitely a messy story.
1: Yeah, and what they
2: And then Jephthah continues to do his job. So he did, he's not immediately punished. Hmm. Though some might say that him having to operate up his daughter is a punishment in and of itself. Hmm. Um so there's some there's some it's some weird stuff either way. <laughs> it's a messy story.
1: Yeah, and if she just simply goes and serves at the temple, you know the the issue is is that what this was? The scripture seemed to make issue of this is that they, they wept for her virginity. She wept, they wept over the fact that she was never able to have children, that she wasn't mm-hmm. able to marry. And so, because especially
2: yeah, she, in this culture, that was like, that was commandment number one. Well, and also that was your legacy. Mm-hmm. Like, that was the way they would look at, like, what's my impact on the world? or on people around me was literally just if you had kids.
0: Sure. Um,
2: hmm. There so, you go. Yeah. There's uh, but
0: sounds so. like a pretty straightforward story. It's definitely a Definitely no learned. roughly right involved in that one. No messiness. Yeah. Nothing nothing to see. Move along,
2: move along. Nothing to see here. And he's a weird one to put on this list because like like even if you tried to look at like David <sighs> You know, or Samson or a lot of these guys, they, they did a lot of great stuff. And he kind of did his job. like Sure. And then he has this weird part. So you can't... I don't know how you put him on the list. Or you don't call him out specifically on a list of great people. Hmm. Um, Curious. Because the only thing of note in his story is hmm. that he <laughs> made that vow. Hmm.
1: I hadn't seen this before. Um. But in 1 Samuel 12, Samuel is talking to the people. Um, let me pull this up, sorry. And uh, he says in verse 11, and the Lord sent Jerob- Jerobal, which is Gideon yep. and Barak and Jephthah and Samuel and de- delivered you out of the hand of your enemies on every side of you and you lived in safety. And when you saw that Nahash, the king of the Amorites, came against you and you said to me, no, but a king shall reign over us, which would be David. Hmm. So Samuel references these four guys in this order.
2: Are you mm-hmm. saying it's and in the text?
1: I'm saying it's in the text. Hmm. Interesting. Peculiar. So the Hebrews writer is... is uh,
0: Referencing back to Samuel?
1: Is referencing back to Samuel, and this idea that you you want this king so he can look like the rest of the world. hmm The point is, though, you're not supposed to look like the rest of the world.
0: Yeah, you're all supposed to look to very, very different.
1: We're called to look different. We're called we're called out. Mm-hmm. The church is the called out ones.
0: Supposed to be wearing your ephods. Supposed to be. Speaking of ephods. Talk to me about uh talk to me about you wanted to talk about the Gideon's ephod, right?
1: Yes. So this is uh
0: an ephod is like a it's like a garment? That
1: they wear. So this is this this is the sin of of Gideon, and we didn't really get into this. Um, in our sermon Sunday, um, because it really wasn't time to get into it. I already went long as it was. So, (laughs) um, but in Judges eight twenty two through twenty seven. The men of Israel said to Gideon, Rule over us, you and your son and your grandson also, for you have saved us from the hand of Midian. And Gideon said to them, I will not rule over you, and my son will not rule over you. The Lord will rule over you. Got that right? Okay. Good Good start. And Gideon said to them, Let me make a request of you. Every one of you give me the earrings from his spoil. For they had golden earrings because they were Ishmaelites. And they answered, we will willingly give them. In other words, the people that they had uh, defeated were Ishmaelites. And they spread a cloak and every man threw in his earrings of his spoil. And the weight of the golden earrings that he requested was 1,700 shekels of gold. Sounds like a lot. Besides the crescent ornaments and the pendiments and the purple garments worn by the kings of the Midian. And beside the collars that were around the necks of, of their camels. <laughs> That's interesting. And Gideon made an ephod out of it and put it in his city. Now, an ephod is the garment that that the priests wore. Mm-hmm. And it was made of fine linen. And this is out of the Jewish encyclopedia The ephod is referred to priestly ordinance as part of the official dress of the high priest. And it was made of threads of blue and purple, of scarlet and fine twisted linen, embroidered in golden thread. Um, The description of the garment in these passages is not detailed enough to give a clear picture of its shape, nor does the description of Josephus do so. All that can be gleaned in the text is the following. The ephod was held together by a girdle of similar workmanship sewed onto it. It had two shoulder pieces, which, as the name implies, crossed the shoulders and were apparently fastened or sewed to the ephod in the front. And dressing, the shoulder pieces were joined in the back to the two pieces of the ephod. All right. We don't know the length. We just know that this was uh, a very fine clothing. Uh, it would have been of the finest material, and and gold was
0: was worked sewn in, was worked into it
1: wor- was worked in it throughout. And so, seventeen hundred shekels of gold was worked into the ephod for for Gideon, and and it's it's like. It's like the last moment where, let me just make one request. And (laughs) and everybody's going, no. (laughs) And
0: and that was the sin of Gideon? That
1: was the sin of Gideon because Israel saw this as something to be worshipped. So his father had the altar to Baal with the Asherah mm-hmm. standing next to it. And, you know, my belief is that Gideon, for a while, had considered uh, the altar something that his father should tear down. But then the angel of the Lord commanded him to tear it down, and so he, he tears it down with ten men. But Gideon, in the end, seems to repeat his father's sin by creating this piece, that instead of worshiping God, because anytime the Israelites would have the, a great victory, God would stand up twelve stones,
0: right? Yeah, you'd make a standing mm-hmm. stone,
1: and the stones were not cut. Mm-hmm. You know, there was no markings on them. Yeah, they were just stones. They were just things from the earth, so the people didn't worship the stones themselves. They, they worship the Lord who caused this great mm-hmm. victory. But Gideon,
0: Gideon decides to make a commemorative outfit.
1: Yeah.
2: Hmm. He well, got the t-shirt Well, you could look at it. Like, like if you look at our government system, you know, where there's split powers, mm-hmm. I feel like if, if the president, um, tried to show up in, in judge's garments. Right. In some ways he's claiming power and authority over something that he, he really shouldn't have power or authority over. Um, Mm. says he's not a priest. Right. Like, uh, yeah. Uh, you know, same thing with like David, like if David had tried to do something similar, like no matter how great David is, he's still not supposed to be a priest. Mm. Um, the judges are supposed to be very separate from the priests.
1: Yeah, and if you were not a high priest, you didn't wear this garment. Like it was reserved for one one man mm-hmm. out of the whole nation. And mm-hmm. even amongst the even amongst the
0: uh and was was Gideon wearing it? Or did it, he just have it made for his city?
1: It is is unclear. Hmm. It's unclear.
2: Curious. Either one of those can be pretty bad, because if you've got that for your own city, there's implications there of worshipping in that city.
0: As opposed to worshipping in Jerusalem. Yeah. Hmm.
2: Interesting.
0: All from an ephod. Oh, all from an ephod. Oh, man. Who would have fought? Who would have fodd Fod? Ephod? Who would have thought? I don't know. There's a joke to be had there. Somewhere. Anyway. Uh, let's end with a little discussion about to fleece or not to fleece. Cause that is the question.
1: That is the question. You know, I've heard people talk about, oh, throughout my 30, <coughs> geez, 39 years of fallen Christ, something like that. Mm hmm. Uh, 40. Yeah. 40 years.
0: It's been a minute.
1: Been a minute. Fallen Christ for some time. Over the years, I've heard people talk about, well, you should lay a fleece, and then other people have said, oh, you shouldn't lay a fleece, like that would be wrong. It's and bad to test God. Yeah, and it's interesting because I, I feel like we haven't really considered the context of the story. Mm-hmm. So Gideon starts out in a wine press and he's he's beating wheat that should be done on a threshing floor, but he's in a wine press. And that's where the Lord meets him.
0: Wine press is down low, hidden. Threshing floor up high, not hidden.
1: Yeah. And so, so, you know, in order to know that this is really the Lord, he says, let me bring you an offer, let me bring you a gift. Mm -hmm. And so he brings a gift and that gift is consumed by fire as it springs up from the rock and so so Gideon goes, huh? Pretty good sign. That was the Lord. That was the Lord. Now he's asked to tear down the uh, his father's
0: Baal uh, and Asherah.
1: Yeah, um, altar to mm-hmm. a false god. And he's he's fearful of the of the people, and he should be fearful of the people because they get rather upset. They want to take his life for this.
0: Get a little get a little feisty, a little testy when they uh have their have their altars torn down
1: now he, he he does he takes ten men he does this at night because and scriptures very clear because he's afraid of the people he's rightfully afraid of the people mm-hmm. but God protects him through his his own father
0: mm.
1: and so that's when we see Gideon actually at the threshing floor where he should have been at the start of the story so we see. We see this movement. And I think Jacob, as we were talking earlier, you were saying that when we're early early in our faith, early in the conversation with God, when we're when we're first figuring out what it means to trust God, laying a fleece is not a bad thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I know Aaron Couch, he had a a fleece that he laid when he went to Moscow. Mm-hmm. That was that was ten years ago. Um, he didn't so much have a fleece when he when he went to Colorado, but there were certain things that he was like, "Lord, I need to see your provision in this."
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Sure. Um, I.
0: I had stuff like that. I didn't specifically lay out a specific fleece quote unquote before I came over here, but there was definitely some stuff that I needed to see and uh at what, I remember at one point when i was <clears throat> I was deliberating getting into um, getting into ministry. Uh, I'd done my internship and I was applying for jobs, and nothing was really kind of working out. And I remember saying to God, I was pretty clear. I was like, you got to make this show up or I'm going to go do something else. Right. Like, you got to show me what job I'm supposed to take, because if not, I'm going to go find one. Right. Um, and lo and behold, pretty soon after that, it, you know, job appeared.
1: And how we had the conversation with God in the past should shape the way we have the com- conversation going forward. But that conversation on our part should mature mm-hmm. and and I know in in Aaron's case i see I see as he has shared with me what that looked like for him. It's changed, you know the conversation has changed, and so that's what we see with Gideon's story, like the fleece is not the only thing that Gideon does. Uh, in in determining how do you want me to approach this God, mm-hmm. but he starts out in a wine press, and he ends up facing a hundred and twenty thousand with three hundred men.
0: Yeah, as you do,
1: as you do. So, a guy scared for his life in scene one and scene two.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, scene one being in a wine press, scene two tearing down the the altar. You know, scene three, he's, he's laying the fleece. He gets a clear answer. Scene four, God takes away almost 32,000 men, leaves him with 300, and says, Now go face the 120,000. He's like, On it. Let's do this.
0: And do it without any swords.
1: And do it without any swords. <laughs> It'd be easy. And so we see we see movement, we see progression, we see a maturation process take place. Mm-hmm. And so when we're discipling someone, if they're new to the faith, the fleece might be the perfect thing to...
0: Fleece it up!
1: Fleece it up. Uh, yeah, the fleece may be the thing to recommend. Yeah. If...
0: Police on your God. Felice <laughs> for your God. Oh, sorry.
1: <laughs> I want to <laughs> wish you a Merry with Christmas. my dad. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> oh, hell, we digress. Derailed. If 30 years into your walk with God, you're still laying the same fleece. Like,
2: oh, I'm and I'm this out here.
1: And wondering why God's not answering. Maybe it's because By this point You should be mature
2: Oh
0: snap
1: And that Is the answer to fleece or not to fleece
2: Well the whole basis of Roughly right is God meets us where we're at
1: He meets us where we're at
2: He expects us to grow And lead
1: us to some place better Yeah And yeah
0: Mhm. all right so there you go wise words on whether to fleece or not fleece or whether you're better off with a down jacket
1: yes i'm down with that
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh the jokes are getting getting ripe in here
2: luckily we're just about done.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Luckily, I think that that's I think that's where we where we sign off for today. Uh, as always, if you've got questions, comments, concerns, or we said something that just really aggravated you, go ahead and email Gus at liferotp.com. Um if you love and uh, want to send us you know fan mail, info at missionridge.church, we'll take that too. <laughs> but uh, if not, we'll see you next time.
1: To fleece or not to fleece, as you do.
0: (laughs) Yeah, we'll see you next time. We'll be digging into uh, Share, Connect, Minister, and Disciple the next couple of weeks. Mm, Good stuff. Talking about discipleship and what that looks like and how we we go about telling the story of who we are. Yeah. Cool. All right. We'll see you next time. Peace. Peace. You've been listening to Footnotes on the Mission Ridge podcast. For more information about Mission Ridge, please visit our website at missionridge.church. Thanks for tuning in. We hope the rest of your week is straight up hashtag blessed and that you'll join us again next week for more footnotes.